0: Hello and welcome to another Bond Marathon episode on the Autor Archives podcast. On this episode we discuss Pierce Brosnan's final performance as 007 in what is considered by many to be one of the worst Bond movies, Die Another Day. Listen now as Tom and I discuss ice hotels, invisible cars, a cameo from Madonna and whether the film really is as bad as people think. As always we each rate the film out of 10 and discuss where they rank among the others. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the previous Bond episodes to get up to speed. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Tom, welcome back for another Bond episode, how are we doing? Hello Jack, yeah I'm good thanks mate, yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, uh, I'm not going to lie, this is probably the most excited and slash nervous <laughs> I've been for any of the Bond episodes we've done yeah. so far. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, oh mate, um, this could go one or two ways. Um, so obviously today we're going to talk about Pist Brosnan's last Bond film, uh, Dying Our Day. Um, so... Yeah, let's just get straight let's get straight into it. Um so now we've watched it. Um I think before we were a bit hesitant. We wasn't sure. We kind I think it's fair to say, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you did say in the last episode we wanted to come in with this with a a fresh slate, almost an open mind, and to kind of treat it fairly because it gets renowned as being one of the worst Bond films. So now we have watched it in a quick summary, and obviously we'll go into a deep dive in a moment. Where do you stand with done of the Day You're now watching it in 2021?
1: Yeah, I, <clears throat> so I did come into it with a completely open mind, maybe too much of an open mind. <laughs> oh God. Um, I, so I think, I think one thing that I, I definitely want to want to mention before we um, actually talk about the film is the timing of the film and why I think um. That there are certain things in the film which are, are not good and and potentially unexcusable but the timing of the film this was released the same year as um, the born identity mm-hmm. and they are so vastly different takes on a on a similar genre of film and and I think that really affected the way this film, came across and the way it was initially received not not that i think this is a brilliant film because i that i don't i definitely don't (laughs) but but i think perhaps it was um yeah that you know born identically i love that film and it's it's very kind of um it's very like raw raw bond and this is the complete opposite this is the most wacky the most ridiculous um <clears throat> the most stupid bond film there ever has been, and hopefully ever, ever will be. Um, but I I didn't hate it. Okay, And that's my that's my summary. I didn't
0: hate this film. <laughs> Did you just feel sorry for it then? It sounds like you pity the film?
1: No, I don't know. No, there's just there's there's aspects of the film that I think are actually quite good. and I'll be honest. I actually quite enjoyed watching it and it's it's not the least enjoyable film it's not the least enjoyable bond that we have watched so far for me and and i rate my i rate my films based on enjoyment um not i'm i'm a i'm a movie fan (laughs) i like watching films i'm not a movie buff so well that's why i think we've got a good dynamic on this really isn't it yeah exactly yeah so yeah, right. O- overall, kind of yeah. I didn't hate this film, but it wasn't very good. Was
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's your what's your overall feeling? So, of it? so my stance is, like I said a, m- a moment ago, I wanted to come into this and just be like, let's just go in and n- pretend I've this is the first time I've seen it, and just treat it fresh and just give it its due, basically. So. We'll come on to the intro in a moment. In fact, we can kind of go and in, segue into it, really. I think it starts really good. I actually think it's quite a good intro. There are some bits it's kind of very much, especially the Brosnan films, they're very similar. Um, he he yeah. tends to turn up at a base somewhere and, uh, you know, gets the one up and then he's there's a massive shootout and he tries to escape. It's kind of, you know, he does it in GoldenEye, does it in Tomorrow Never Dies, and... Um, so it's quite similar um but yeah uh, so outside of the intro and we'll go into in a bit more detail after that it's just fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> i um i really it just really gets just gets worse and worse there are to go v- not completely bash it there are some great moments in it um which we'll, we'll cover throughout this episode but yeah i i just um I think you're right. I think entertainment value probably for the wrong reasons. There is a lot of it here. It's just absolutely ridiculous. There's so many, so many scenes that I'd forgotten and even subtle smaller scenes where it's like, fuck me, this is really cringeworthy. It's almost like watching through your fingers at some point. It's uh, it's that cringy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not great. I think. I think for me as well. I think Brosnan kind of feels a bit like he doesn't want to be there in this film as Bond. He doesn't. It doesn't feel as confident like he was in the, like certainly GoldenEye, and he feels like he's just, um, you know, cashing it in really and just going through the going through the motions of the film. But yeah, it's just um, it looks. It's, I think really one of the things that really bugs me is it's got that early two thousands editing. You know when yeah. it's like some bits are like sped up really quickly and then it slows down and it's like that really jarring slow mo thing where it's got it's got like really blurred slow mo. Um, yeah, it's quite
1: it's quite annoying to watch. Quite a few of the yeah. scenes, isn't it? It's yeah. it's not it's not particularly pleasurable. Do you know, it it reminds me of it's like a crank film. <laughs> yeah. Jason Statham should be playing Bond in this,
0: and. Yeah. And then it, it would be <laughs> more acceptable. <laughs> yeah. I think if it wasn't, a, if it wasn't Bond and it was some just over the top action film, I'd probably buy it a bit more. Yeah, but Considering where it's, it's just where the franchise has gone to this, to this point, And obviously what happens after this, it's just such a low point. It's like, it's so far removed from the Ian Fleming books that it's forgotten. It's identity as Bond really by this point. Um, so yeah, it's just frustrating to see it go that way. So so let's go on to the intro then. So I would kind of already said I, I thought the intro was quite good. I I think the the hovercraft is quite original, maybe, certainly for the Bond franchise. I think their escape using it is, is different. Um I liked the I can't remember his name, I haven't written it down. The Korean uh guy who's there's one scene where he's got like, I don't know, a hostage or a prisoner in a like uh, punching bag, and he's doing yeah. all his like kung fu karate kicks on him as like torture. So that's quite a cool introduction to a to a villain. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a cool
1: scene. I've I've noted that down because he's yeah he's just like hammering this punch bag, and then and then he's like stops, and they unzip it, and this bloke falls out. And you're like, wow, that's brutal. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I thought, wow, this is this is off to a good start. Uh, what are your thoughts on the intro? Good, bad? Um... Yeah
1: the the intro bond doesn't surf right it's like oh, like he doesn't shit, snow, like, that. <laughs> like he doesn't snowboard and they're, they're surfing in and it's just the the cinematography is just appalling um it's not it's not the worst scene for that in the film because nope. there is one scene that I was just fuck me what is this but we'll we'll cover that later <laughs> um yeah, he doesn't surf, but then it's a surfboard packed with gadgets and C4 and stuff. And you're like, wow, this is cool. He's in North Korea. And yeah. And then I think Hovercraft is, is original. I think Bond's had a fight on most moving vehicles, but Hovercraft wasn't one of them till now. So yeah. now he has. Um yeah, but the, the cinematography on that bit was yeah, where it sped up and it's just yeah, it's just a bit annoying to watch. Um, but it is quite a good opening scene. And then he Jumps and grabs on the bell, and he says, "Saved by the bell." And that's one of the worst
0: Bond Bond lines I've ever heard. Like, in my I life. put the same thing. I said it's too on the nose. It's too obvious. Like you can almost predict yeah. he's going to say it. It's that obvious. Yeah, and he says the um, way he delivers it is so like he knows it's shit. <laughs> it's like yeah. I've just I've just said that, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident I should have probably said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and then then the theme tune. Okay, thoughts on the theme tune? It's the biggest piece of shit that my ears have ever had to endure <laughs> in my life. Like, what the fuck? Like techno Madonna in a Bond film? Just
0: no, please. I don't. I don't mind the theme tune. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. Maybe it's not a Bond theme, in the sense of the techno stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's nowhere near even the top twenty, I guess, Bond themes. <laughs> but I don't mind it. It's not. It's not. A, it's not Octopussy bad. That's terrible. Um, that's porn theme music. But this is more cool. We're getting into the two thousands. Let's, let's bring a bit of techno in. This is a, um, this is a prank crank seven theme tune. no (laughs) what what did you so with alongside the theme then what did you think of the title sequence because for me and this is my hot take yeah it's the best title sequence certainly the brosnan films brilliant yeah it's cool because yeah it's it's... because we get story along with the title sequence and a a minor thing for me is just not bond films but films in general If I'm watching credits, I want something to happen in the background. I want stuff to progress the story as well. Like, Bond films are slightly different because they have really cool, you know, really great looking intro uh, credits rather than, you know, a black screen and white text. I just find it really dull and really unimaginative. um, unimaginative. I can't even say that word. Um, But with this one, we actually get a bit of plot. We get the fact that he gets captured in North Korea, we see him get tortured. All of that is is part and parcel of the title sequence, which normally is just silhouetted women dancing around, let's be honest. So yeah, what did you think then? Sounds like we agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's really cool. I like I like that. But it's also there is the
1: silhouetted women dancing around yeah, and yeah, well yeah. Not, maybe not women, but yeah, there's <clears throat> kind of all that going on. But also, yeah, you just watch Bond getting tortured by various North Koreans, and it's it's cool. I, I really like that. Um and I actually, yeah, I'd, the film hasn't yet got shit for me, mm. um, and the, yeah, the, the following several scenes I think are are pretty good as well. Um, yeah, yes, but apart and, from the game, obviously. But.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. See, yes and no for me with the following scene. So now we've got the intros out the way. Um, yeah, so he will kind of skip through what actually happens, but. Essentially, what happens is he gets traded, doesn't he? He gets traded from North Korea to South Korea, and MI6 trade him for I can't remember. Is it the diamond-faced guy?
1: Yeah, I think they trade him back
0: and um, get Bond out that way. And then he basically gets gets he's just come out of North Korea. He's been tortured for however many years. Is it? Is it like I can't remember. It's quite a while. It's quite a long amount of time. Obviously, he's grown. Long hair and grown a beard, and then literally he gets over the border and is injected and passed out straight away. And they pretty much lock him up. Um, I mean, what does the Jesus look, the Jesus James Bond look, do for you? Because for me, it's quite, it's quite funny. Um, and there's a particularly funny scene when he's awake and he's chatting to M. And he literally is talking like he's Jesus as well. It's like, and what if what about you? How dare you? You've you've traded me. It's just this awkward like confrontation that I can't take seriously, um, <laughs> with his beard and long hair. But what did you think of that sort of that whole scene when he comes out?
1: I, I quite liked it. I think it's I think it's a different side of Bond that he's. You know, he, he never
0: he gets in sticky
1: situations, but he never gets fully captured and particularly tortured, there's always a bit of a threat of torture, maybe, but never actually, you know, is in is in such a such a situation. Um so I think I think it's quite good. And then the whole discussion with M, I think, is is great. When M just turns around and says to him, if I had it my way, it'd still be in North Korea. Mm. And they're talking about how the you know the price was too high to, to swap him. Um, and she said you, um, you had your cyanide, you should have taken it. Yeah, and, and he's like, yeah. oh, didn't he say something like, oh, I got rid of it years ago? Or something? Yeah, threw that away <laughs> years ago, yeah. And and then I think the last thing she says is, you're no use to anyone now, and then walks out. It's like, wow. Yeah,
0: fuck. He's just <laughs> him, Comple- <bitch. laughs> yeah completely left him, like, just dehumanised after that, yeah. after all that torture. No one wants James Bond. There's one uh, point where I think they, he's just been drugged. And the doctors or someone is overseeing him and what well, his vitals while he's knocked out. And he's like, he says something like, Oh, his liver's not too good. Oh, it's definitely him then. I thought that was quite <laughs> that was a mini lol moment for me. I was yeah. like, ha ha ha. ha. Yeah. Um, but I think the first scene where it gets ridiculous for me is when he dro- he drops his heart rate to flatline to get out. I was thinking, Are you I mean, this is MI6 people. Are we yeah. saying how, I mean, how easy was it for him? Firstly, for for that to happen and everyone to rush in and for for him to actually escape, considering MI6, it was kind of like a makeshift place, I think, in um, Hong Kong at this point. Yeah, um, so, yeah. He's so easy to get out. I thought he'd be, considering he's just come out and there's all eyes on him and stuff, I thought they'd want to keep a bit more security on him, but he just seems to get out straight away um so for me is easily the worst the first terrible point for me yeah
1: yeah he um yeah it's just it's just a hospital isn't it there's no guards or anyone around it's like m was just by herself and then wandered off i do, i do quite like how he um after he does bust out he then goes and just you know cliche bonds himself back up he's like right shave that hair perfect get my tailor up But then he's he's just you know got all these suits and lobster and champagne he's
0: just like (laughs) yeah again (laughs) yeah it's like he's catching up from the years he's been stuck in north korea i mean it's the most obvious product placement oh by the way here's a shaver please buy this shaver yeah. there was a moment just before it as well he walks into that yacht club and he's just like swam there isn't he and he's got like basically got like hospital gown on well not hospital gown but hospital like bottoms on and yeah. walks in and i, I made a note because I, I had to rewind it, listen to it there's people like muttering as he's walking through and he's like you know it's a fancy place like suit and tie of all the things that people say one person goes he's not wearing a tie i was like he's he's barely wearing any clothes like that why is that the first thing you're saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's quite a fun moment because he's kind of smugly walking in going hi i've got a reservation the bond (laughs) which is quite fun um so after all of that he goes over to uh cuba so it goes well let's just quickly think discuss on what we think of brosnan in this so I still hate his accents. <laughs> yeah. There's one point, I've made a point, he can't pronounce mojito, or at least say it properly. <laughs> it's really no. awkward. I don't know if you picked that up. Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of,
1: I don't know what his voice is. Like, what is that accent? It's almost almost like a American-y, just, yeah, no. Yeah, I, just- I, I, I'm not a fan of Brosnan in this film. Like, I think you... No. You just kind of said that he seemed angry, and there's a lot of I don't know. Just doesn't just doesn't pull it off, and it's not it's not even anger at you know being being held, and he's got this vendetta against against someone. I, yeah, I guess we'll we'll mention the, the plot if there is one at all <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> in a bit. But yeah, I don't I just don't get it. I don't get what angle he's trying to portray Bond
0: has yeah just nothing
1: really
0: i i feel yeah i don't know if he as an actor is just frustrated of bond i wonder if he's come into this film thinking you know i'm getting paid a shit ton of money but the script is still shit but yeah again i'm getting paid a load of money i don't know he doesn't feel like he's as behind it as the earlier film yeah i would say the other other three films he's done to this point And he's just frustrated that maybe he's putting, I was reading a bit afterwards that he was putting suggestions through and they weren't being met. So I wonder if he was just a bit bummed out by all that stuff, but it definitely comes across that he's not fully into it like he was before. So you said about the plot, and normally I read this out, so I'll quickly read it out now. (laughs) So, James Bond is sent to investigate the connection between a North Korean terrorist and a diamond mogul who is funding the development of an international space weapon. So, um, let's quickly cover the plot, as I've just mentioned it then. Um, (laughs) Thoughts on the plot? It's like... It's the amalgamation of the
1: plots of all of the worst Bond films to date. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You couldn't predict... You couldn't have picked shitter bits of plot to steal from, from quite poor previous Bond films. It's yeah. like, what the... Yeah, and all, all of the sort of subplots that go with it, this DNA treatment swapping nonsense, it's like, it, it, it just kind of turns very sci fi It's not even kind of like a, a Bond in space sort of wacky idea it's just it's just sort of shite sci-fi
0: yeah there's too much wacky stuff going on yeah. so you've got you know kind of going around the plot then you've you've got the creation of a second sun so a satellite that is to simulate the sun which i kept thinking through is like surely that's going to affect i kept thinking of what is this going to affect you can't have sun because he basically implies we'll have sun all the time so crops will grow all the time. I was like, surely you need this. There's, there's, there's going to be a downside of just having no nighttime, like no nightclubs <laughs> or something. Um, but it's just, and there's that. And then you've got, like you said, there's this like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a, it's like a massive VR headset thing, isn't it, that they put on that kind of corrects their DNA. And there's a bit where uh, Gustav Graves is the villain in this he he will come on to him in a minute properly but there's a moment where he's like I can't sleep anymore because I've had reconstructive surgery in my face so I put my face in this like machine and it calms me down I'm like what what is happening um, the plot is just yeah I, I, if I'm really honest I don't really get it that much it starts in obviously North Korea and progresses later on and it goes over to Iceland and um, and there's that big reveal that Gustav Graves is actually the Korean villain that we thought died right at the start. And I was and firstly, that's just ridiculous. Because when he starts speaking Korean, I'm like, sorry, sorry, I've I've tapped out that this is just fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but there's all these other soft blocks because they get he gets mentioned that he gets traded at the start, bond to come out for so-and-so. But Rosamund Pike's character has something to do with it as well, and I'd never really understood what the trade was for because she seems to be involved from it from the get go and i didn't really get that it felt like it was just bolted in or you know just to fill out the plot with an extra bit of a twist but at this point couldn't give a shit um no her her
1: involvement and the reason she's like a you know she's an mi6 agent but she's but she's a, like a double agent and actually is you know, yeah. she actually is with with Graves. And supposedly the reason for that is that Graves killed the person who came first in the Olympics or by overdosing them with steroids that so that she would then default become gold. And it's like, so he cheated you into a gold medal and now you're turning against your country and you love a, like a, you know, mass murdering yeah. psychopath. Like, yeah what? Yeah. How, what? Where did that it, come from? Just to
0: get a gold medal in fencing. I was like, why do I... What oh. the fuck is happening? It just gets... It, I was just... It is... I'll give you that. It is it's not boring. This film is not boring because you just laugh <laughs> along with a lot of the yeah. stupidity that is kind of put to you straight as well. Like It's meant... There is. It's not like this is Austin Powers. Like if anything, this is falling into the hands of the Austin Powers comedy. It's giving so much ammunition to to laugh at and it's it's not like you said about born earlier it's not like it's it's fallen closer to those sorts of film that type of action it's just gone more to austin powers than anything else um yeah i think the plot is easily possibly the worst point of this and the actors i think along the way just just add fuel to the fire really um So, coming off the plot then, we'll go into um, the villain of Gustav Graves, a.k.a. the Korean guy, which I can't remember. Um, (laughs) What are your thoughts on him as the villain in this film? He is insufferable, is
1: the word. He is just the most punchable fuck you could just... And not, not even in like a great Bond villain way oh. where you you hate them and want to punch them. <clears throat> you you oh, you just want to kick him in the bollocks. He's just so slimy, but that's not even supposed to be his character. And he's mm-hmm. just crap. He's not. He's nothing good about him. It's
0: awful. No. <laughs> but th- what I firstly totally agree. Absolute cunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's uh he's not even like i mean the best bond villains for me personally or villains in any film really come across as quite you can understand where they're coming from to a degree like you can the best villains you can relate to in this in a kind of way they're still bad but they have you can understand that they have usually some context as to why they've got to that point or they're just like they're just really cool they're cool and he's not cool at all um I think the the worst point for me is obviously when we there is the reveal that he's the Korean guy from the start that's died in the intro. Like, no way would anyone. I guarantee no one would have guessed that because there's no sort of uh, uh, hints to it earlier in the film. Like, there's no mannerisms that he's picked up from the original guy um, and stuff like that. It's not until he speaks Korean we're like, sorry, why? Why is why is the link there? Like, it's not like. I don't know, it's like, when I think of... If it reminds me, I don't know if you've seen Face Off with John Travolta and Nick Cage, where yeah. they kind of, you know, this is basically the same thing, isn't it? They actually have pick up the mannerisms of the other actor and you can kind of tell, you know, it's you know, it's still a mentally ridiculous film, but I'll give credit there, it's it comes across better. But bringing it back to this, it's like they're two different actors and we're supposed to believe it's the same character. It just doesn't pay off. And yeah, he's just absolutely terrible there's a few bits i made a note about where he's just yeah but unlikable prick <laughs> smug doesn't sleep um but he's like bragging about it's like yeah i don't sleep man sleep is for suckers you can sleep when you're dead i'm like shut the fuck up and then he's like creates a second son why and it's just the whole even his intro when he's like parachuting which i think is kind of a bit of a piss take from uh Spy who loved me because he uses the parachute with the Union Jack, which is you know seminal yeah. to that intro. Yeah, and he parachutes in and just like carries on walking, and all these people like paparazzi are all after him straight away. Straight away, I'm like, you are a fucking asshole. Um, but yeah, it doesn't get any better. There's no redeemable features for him at all. He just remains a dick. And then there's, a, there's that scene towards the end where he's like, the plane's sort of about to crash. And it's like, oh. Bond, I've got two parachutes. Throws one out and goes, "Oh, sorry, I've only got one now." <laughs> I just I just fucking Ooh. die, fucking die. Yeah, and even his death um, scene isn't that that interesting either. To no, not at
1: all. I love how just kind of simple it is. How he he just yeah. Oh, I've only got one now. And Bond's like fucking just pulls the cord and then he's gone. He's out and just gets munched in the engine. You're like, oh uh, yeah, twat.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just fuck off. Um, okay, so Going on to um, Well, I guess I can quickly talk about The henchman in this, which is the Diamond Face Guy well, I don't, And again, probably has a name, but I haven't made a note I couldn't, you know, I was that Less interested in this film I couldn't yeah. really bother with names So, Diamond Face Guy Zao, that's it, Zao okay. um, Thoughts on him? Worth talking about? Not really Um okay. He's, he's better than Graves. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about it.
1: Um, yeah, that's about that's about it. He's he's not he's just not not particularly interesting. He's not particularly scary or menacing. Um, and yeah, yeah, nothing really, not yeah. nothing really interesting to say. There's think, there's, a, there's another henchman called Mister Kill. Who... Oh, don't
0: <laughs> don't call it. They
1: actually do do. His his death scene is <laughs> I don't even know what's going on at the time. There's this laser flying around, isn't there, on like a robotic arm? It's like something that would be part of a you know a car manufacturing or something. It's got this laser on the end of it, um, and yeah, it's just annoying. An annoying scene, but this Mr. Kill guy just ends up getting a laser through the through the back of his head, and he's like just looks surprised with the laser firing through his mouth the wrong way. Um, and then, yeah, and then Jinx then uses this laser to, like, whip it around and lop his arm off, which is mildly interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I'd probably say he's also got, Mr. Kill's got the worst intro to a henchman, where Bond uh, bon pulls up in his uh, Aston Martin in Iceland, gets out, and he goes, I'm Mr. Kill. And Bond's like, well, there's a name to die for. And I'm like, oh, fuck Halfly, off. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. no. You can't even pull him off good enough i feel like roger moore could have pulled that off actually but brosnan just it falls flat for me there yeah. um yeah that whole laser scene is kind of trying to be a homage i thought to goldfinger yeah where you know the whole laser through the middle of the leg scene but i all i kept thinking of when all the lasers go off like who who's designed this what is the point of this why would any of these lasers be flying around the room like this because all they do is like they turn the the machine on. Like, what are you doing in this? What are you using this for? Um, yeah, so that's what I mean. I'm that not into this film. I'm thinking of stupid things like that because I'm just not caring at this point. Um, so yeah, fair to say the henchmen are pretty nondescript in this and pretty forgettable, really. Um, the only thing about Zhe- Zhao, whatever his name is... Um, I kept thinking, I was, yeah, it looks cool you've got diamonds in your face, but wouldn't you want to take them out, at least at least sell them and make a bit of money? <laughs> I don't know why it you'd didn't. want to keep them in your face. No.
1: Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? No.
0: Okay, next next we'll go on to <laughs> moving on swiftly uh, to the Bond girls in this. So there's two in Rosamund Pike and Halle Berry. So we start with Halle Berry then. Thoughts on her in this film? um i don't like her entrance
1: because yeah. it's it's just a, a shit version of honey rider's iconic entrance and it mm-hmm. she even does the head swish thing in the water and it's like you haven't got any fucking hair dickhead um <laughs> you know like why are you doing that you look like you look like an idiot it looks like you've got you know a bit of sand in your ear or something um yeah and she has so many irritating one-liners throughout the film and they're just all shit um and she's not actually as annoying or bad as i remembered her being which um which yeah she she kind of redeemed herself a little bit towards the end of the film but i think that's just because all the other characters in the film are so crap yeah but she actually redeemed herself slightly um, and yeah, she did have a lot of a lot of annoying one-liners. I think her and Bond's kind of odd, angry, sickening, flirtatious
0: lust for each other is just terrible. It's, oh, it's so fucking, bold. It's it's, disgusting. It's it's vomit inducing, I would say. It's yeah. pretty horrible. Considering I don't know what their age difference is, but it is just yeah, it's really awkward. Like I made a point. Is that um, <laughs> um, Bond says something like, oh, "I'm just here for the birds." After he's been <laughs> looking at her through some binoculars on the beach, it's like you're such a creep. Um, yeah, he's really creepy in this as well, isn't he? Yeah, I just don't like Bond in this. Probably the least in in all of these films. I know his his one liners are always a bit tongue in cheek, but they are generally, especially if you think of Roger Moore, they are tongue in cheek, and he pulls yeah. it off here you know this is where it goes the other way where it's just you just sound really creepy now but that being said you know Halle Berry's character is just lapping it up and within moments they're having sweaty rough sex in the hotel room and again I think this is a 12 and I'm thinking yeah this is a bit borderline of I don't really want to see this right now um and she she then pulls out a random knife from
1: where who you know they're just they're in bed she pulls out a random knife mid mid shag and starts chopping up a fruit it's like where did you where did you get the knife
0: and the fruit from and why now why are you oh i <laughs> thought that because she has another thing that annoyed me in that whole beach coming out of the sea thing is she has a belt on her bikini bottoms whereas honey rider did but needed it because she was searching for se- shells and stuff and a bit of protection. But Halle Berry is like in Cuba, just outside a hotel. Like, why do you need it? You're just swimming. Why have you got yeah. a knife? It was purely just like, oh, let's just, let's just, you know, it's the twentieth film of Bond and the anniversary. Let's just throw as many stuff in. But you need to tie in well. You don't just do it for the sake of it. But yeah, she's just, yeah, I w- I would agree with you. I I never, I didn't find her as irritating as I thought I. Was going to coming into this again, she's just not memorable and certainly not one of the better Bond girls and really forgettable actually. Yeah. Um, um, but I would say for me, Rosemond Pike is the better of the two by far. She's obviously, I would actually say, she's probably the most successful actor out of this whole film. Like currently, you know, she's done a lot better with. Films like Gone Girl, and um, I it I care a lot. I think recently came out. She's done better than I would say. Halle Berry, after this point, hasn't really done anything substantial since. And Brosnan, maybe you know Mamma Mia and stuff like that. But I would say she, Rosamund Pike's actually done really well. I don't know what your thoughts of her in this film were.
1: Yeah, I think I think she's good. She, yeah, she is probably the best character in the film, um, and and the best. Yeah, portrayal of a character in this film. Um, but that said, there's still not a lot to her character, is there? There's, no. there's still not, you know. Yeah, it could have it could have been more. There's, and she, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not a great deal. She she plays that sort of. Um, she plays it very well. That she, you feel she is an MI6 agent, and then mm. and she then she swaps. But I just feel the the storyline for her just was a disjustice for her ability to to play a really good Bond girl, actually. I think yeah, I think if she'd been in a Daniel Craig movie, she would have been an incredible part, yeah. of, part of the film. But it's a, it's a shame, really, that she was in this pile of shite.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think she would be better off in a Daniel Craig film. I think she's probably the best actress in this, well, actor, actually, yeah. in this whole film. She yeah. wipes the floor with anyone that else that's on screen, especially Gustav Graves, who's kind of i don't know what the actor's name is but he's really turns it on too much like he needs to rein it in a bit it's too over the top villain like pantomime villain really um where she pulls it off quite well but i think yeah yeah I, she's done the best with what she's been given i think is probably the best way i could put it um so yeah all in all i think it's generally disappointing on one girl front as well um I suppose it's not really a Bongirl, girl, but I kind of have to mention that Madonna is in this as well. As she's obviously done the um, the theme tune as well. What did you think of her? We'll come on to the actual fight scene after that as well, which I think is a good segue in. But what do you think of her appearing on this? Did it annoy you? Is it cringy, or is it actually fine? What did you think?
1: I actually think it's fine. I think it's an unnecessary cameo to have Madonna in it. Mm. Um I don't know maybe maybe not maybe if I liked the theme tune then mm. actually having a cameo of the of the person singing would have been pretty good um it's a very minor part she doesn't really do anything overly wrong so actually I think that's another one of those things that I looked on this film with disgust before but actually rewatching it there's nothing particularly wrong with her cameo it's just a bit unnecessary
0: yeah, I, yeah, it didn't bother me. I think probably because I already knew it was coming. Maybe first time round is you would been like, "Oh, okay, Madonna's in it. She's done the theme tune. Ha ha, that's fun." um Is they do have kind of a a tug and cheek. I thought it was quite funny, sort of um innuendos of each other. <laughs> Bonds dressed up in his whole fencing gear, and Madonna says, "I see you can handle your weapon." Bond says, I've been known to keep my tip up. I'm like, yeah. I thought at this point I thought that wasn't too bad. I was I think probably I'd lost all care for the for the film, <laughs> but I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> um it reminds me, I just looking at my notes again, I missed a point on rosamund Pike that there was another bit I actually did laugh at, genuinely laughed at, was um it's around the scene where Bond's like running a fucking fucking about with the invisible car. We'll definitely come to that. Um And to hide from the guards, Rosamund Pike and, uh, what's her name? Miranda Frost and James Bond's character pretend to kiss. And the guards are like, Oh, okay. They're just kissing. It mustn't have been them. Let's keep looking for this guy who's trying to intrude. Because I don't think they know it's Bond and they're still kissing. (laughs) And, and, uh, Miranda Frost goes, are we still being watched? And Bond's like, "Now nah, they left ages ago. <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah. And he's just tried it again. It's like, fuck off. But it's, what I found jarring as well, just while thinking of it now, is there's a scene with Rosamund Pike speaking to M and she's like, oh, I would never touch Bond in a million years. Cut to Iceland, but she's straight into bed with him. Like, no questions asked. Like, complete change of character and it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, enough of that then. So... Um, let's talk let's talk I think I'm hoping that you think as well uh, one of the smaller but kind of cool scenes in the film is the Q scene or the Q branch scene Yeah. Um, I'll go straight to you then what your thoughts are on that whole scene so we've got obviously Desmond Llewellyn's past as Q and it's now gone over to John Cleese to pick up the character of Q or in this I think he's called R or something um, yeah. what did you think of that whole scene?
1: I I actually liked it.
0: Mm. I
1: I so so they're in they're in the R branch, whatever it's called now with yeah. um with John Cleese. Um and there's loads of old gadgets and stuff from from old films, and Bond's sort of all playing with these old things. He's like, Oh, I remember this jetpack, and he like sets it off, and it's it's just it's just quite cool to see all this old stuff. And then um I'm not sure there's like a massive amount of new gadgetry in there is there but it's it shows this um, you you see a scene of Bond um, just kind of shooting a load of people like what the hell's going on going on here I think yeah um, does someone he's he's with get shot or killed or something Um, but anyway he's kind of running around running around the office the MI6 office isn't he and he's just shooting loads of people um, and then M's, M's hostage and he kind of shoots the, the guy's hand and then shoots the guy in the face. And you're like, what the hell's going on? What's this mm. turn of the film just taken? Um, and then, yeah, he pulls off this virtual reality headset and it was kind of like a training training mission, which I actually thought was really well done. And mm. and I actually really liked it because it, it wasn't massively wacky stupid maybe at the time it was but actually it's just the one thing that's actually become real now (laughs) yeah so it's so it's actually aged quite well but it it looked really
0: cool and i i enjoyed that bit yeah i think that bit's great and so i think that the bit i i actually kind of forgot about the whole vr thing in this film and i thought if they'd have kept with that as a serious like this is actually happening in the story they could have got interesting because there's a bit, I think he's, like you said, he's, I can't remember how it, in, it initially sort of kicks off. I don't know if we're coming into the middle of the action, but we see Money Penny is dead at her desk. That's and that's it, when man. you think, fuck, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, shit, yeah. something's going down. And then obviously, it, uh yeah, he makes a decision of shooting Em in the shoulder. So she, you know, she's wounded, but she gets out the whole hostage scenario and then he kills the, the guy keeping a hostage terrorist. And then you know John Cleese walks in to frame and you think, oh now it's a VR and you get what's going on. That, yeah, I I agree. I think that scene is really cool. Um I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. And I think John Cleese as R or the new let's just call him the new Q. Um compared to him in the previous one where it's Not Enough, he's not as wacky. He's more like Desmond the in Q more like bemused by bond and he's not so silly he's you know taking the job a bit more serious which i thought was good and a good ode to original character and not gone down this route of just like mad scientist guy who's you know just a bit of an idiot whereas q has always been for me has always been a likable character he's almost been like a father figure to bond the whole way through and he's kind of treats him the same and i think john cleese is more john cleese in this than he was in the last one as well um you know he's got the sort of quick one-liners as well retorts to what bond is messing around with but yeah i think i guess the main great bit is seeing all the gadgets again i did i'm not gonna lie to you i did pause it a few times to see oh that's that from that considering we've just come off watching all of them they're relatively fresh in my head i made a note of a few of them you've got the the mini jet from octopussy where it comes out of that horse you know the horse's ass lifts up (laughs) you've got that you've got the um the alligator Stealth alligator thing from the same film. You've got the knife uh, in the shoe from Russia with Love, um, and the knife, the briefcase as well. You've got the jetpack from Thunderball. And the one I never noticed before um, is the stalker robot thing from The End of View to a Kill, was there as well. You know, the one that <laughs> magically goes up the stairs. I was like, oh, that's in there as well. So there's loads of them loads of, i made a list i won't go through every single one but um i think the the most recent one i did make a note of was they had the bagpipes from uh world is not enough from the previous one which i assume is what that's from yeah. or there's just a random random set of bagpipes there um but yeah i i thought i thought it was a really good scene it was and obviously with this being the 20th um bond film they needed to have you know some sort of scene to look back and hark back at all of the previous films which i thought was a nice touch there's a going on to the actual gadgets used in this film there's another quite uh maybe cheesy but kind of i thought was quite cool was um john cleese goes here's your watch i believe it's your 20th kind of as a nod yeah, to the 20th that. film yeah. and um and bonds like how time flies and i just thought it was just a nice scene if you just took that scene out like I think people, I think generally Bond fans and or just fans of the films in general would have appreciated that think I think I don't know what you thought of the whole bit of or that particular bit, but I thought it was a, quite a touching moment. If anything,
1: yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I think yeah, that whole that whole bit is definitely one of the the best bits of the film because yeah, even even John Cleese as R is the least wacky he's been, which is strange for this film which is mm. the most sort of wacky and bizarre bizarre bond film it's just takes such a different
0: kind of speed isn't it it's mm. just it's very very different it's probably the most down to earth out of the whole film which isn't really hard to do considering what the fuck happens but um but Until
1: yeah comes along i guess yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so gadgets in this the two i made a note of is he's got the high frequency ring that just shatters glass which does get used later and it's pretty boring i think it's not really that memorable it's not that cool (laughs) a a gadget and i guess the main one is the invisible car so i just i'm interested to see what you think of the invisible car because it gets a it gets a bad rap as a gadget but i just want to see what you think of it
1: i bonds back in an aston martin that's cool. Yes, it's a it's a it's a properly teched up, tooled up Aston Martin with, you know, self self kind of um, aiming shotguns on the front and loads of rockets and that's it's so it's so great. And then why the fuck is it invisible? It's just not why. There's no and the the worst thing about the car being invisible, is that it's never a useful thing. No. It's, it's never once useful. It doesn't fucking need to be invisible. He nope. never hides from anyone in it. As soon as it moves, someone notices it. It's like, oh, well, it's invisible, but actually it's not even very good at being invisible. It's just a fucking stupid, uh, yeah, annoying. <laughs>
0: Oh, I could tell. <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking, I was like, but I was trying again, coming to this going, maybe, is the invisible car that bad? How is it used? And I'm just thinking, well, there's a scene where he's like moving the car. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's invisible, but you can still see the, the tread marks because we're in Iceland and there's fucking snow on the floor. Yeah. So you can still hear it. And it will have a fucking engine still. It's not silent. It's not, hi- it's not a hybrid car. It's not an electric car. It's not going to be silent. You're still going to hear it yeah and the only it's Go like on. a v12 aston martin or something it would be it would be so loud exactly exactly i don't know why other than look how far cgo has come is the only yeah. thing i could think of but then make something else invisible i can't think what that bond could have done instead but a whole fucking loud car i <laughs> isn't isn't the answer um no the only thing i can imagine they thought is they tried they obviously well he uses it in the final like car chase fight thing in the hotel where he turns invisible and like reverses but i still don't really get it because even the other car that's drive, the other guy that's driving the other car he can still see there's no car there but he drives through anyway and i didn't it's
1: they make a point that he's like
0: bonds reversed out of shot and he's turned invisible but you would still see it it's in front of you so even if it's invisible you would stop the car you wouldn't just plow into nothing that's fucking yeah pointless yeah that that
1: yeah that it doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't that whole that whole bit it's like if if you went invisible you just you're he's less likely to then crash through the wall than if you would just you know he just knew you'd moved because he oh it just doesn't make sense.
0: you just put his brakes on. It yeah, doesn't, exactly. doesn't add up. <laughs> no, you just put your brakes on, and go, oh, he's no <laughs> longer in front of me. Let me stop so I don't die. <laughs> yeah. But no, oh. carry on. Yeah, you crack on, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, I guess going on to well, that's all the all I want to talk about on the gadgets, really. Um I guess is the other like action set pieces. So I think one of the ones I thought was okay um, was the sword fight. I actually thought the sword fight was was okay. It was something different. I was trying to think back. I don't think Bond has had a sword fight. He's obviously had a lot of gunfights, but I don't think he's had a, you know, yeah. let's start fencing. And, you know, you know, they're basically comparing cocks, aren't they? At this point, they're just like, right, I'm trying to one-up you on fencing. And then it escalates into actual sword fighting where they have to cut. First one bleeds, loses. Yeah um i think i thought it was fine um i don't know what you thought of that set piece yeah i agree actually i, I thought it, i thought it was fine
1: i thought it was actually all right it's quite entertaining to watch and yeah i, I said that sword fight something different different for bond the, the beginning of it just highlights how incredibly dull fencing is to watch especially when you've got you've got two actors who are their faces are completely covered and <laughs> They're just sort of prancing around backwards and forwards. So that I was just like, oh, God, this is so boring. And then, yeah, then, then they actually get proper swords and start yeah, trying to hack each other apart, which is, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Although there's one bit where Bond pathetically falls over like a, a ledge and it's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i made that though yeah, I made...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah get on with it i made um... downstairs
1: you should be able to easily c- commando roll off this ledge well just... you
0: say that did you, did you make a note of the incredible commando dive roll he does in this as well <laughs> it's uh, beautiful he's back the same stuntman's back i need to get someone yeah. i'm hoping if they haven't i'm gonna do it is put a montage of all of those fucking incredible beautiful dives together this definitely. one is incredible he, not only does he dive he dodges a fucking sword swing at the same time <laughs> it's absolutely thing of beauty absolutely stunning um, <laughs> I can't get over them I think they're great I'm going to put yeah. them together yeah um, I agree. yeah I thought it was I thought it was fine um, and it ends quite well where basically Gustav Graves loses and he's like huh here you go here's some money and it's like he does the classic villain thing, was like, Oh, you beat me now, you're my best friend. Do you want to come to Iceland with me? And it's like, Okay, I never really got that in the Bond films. It's like, Can't beat them, join them, sort of thing. But he just brings him along to almost intentionally sabotage his plan. But yeah, that's one of the least ridiculous things in the film, anyway. Um, <laughs> the, the other set pieces they got the bit in the hospital another funny bit what i thought was that there is there's like this really annoying like tourist guy that bond knocks out and like puts in a wheelchair so he can get on the little ferry boat and get into the hospital and to distract the guards he pushes the knocked out guy in the wheelchair just in like rolls him down the corridor and like hits a wall so all the staff like <laughs> attend to him and bond just sneaks through a window to get in i thought that's an ultimate can't move for bond isn't it really <laughs> that's a bit extreme big time yeah <laughs> yeah i was just thankful that he wasn't
1: actually disabled
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah there is yeah. that i mean that yeah. would take it next level
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> it just uh i was kind of like, i can't believe he's done that that's kind of uh i mean yeah. he's still an innocent guy um yeah i mean i guess the other set piece i'm sure that oh well actually okay right let's let's talk about i guess the most ridiculous set piece which is where bond escapes in the i'm gonna say rocket car um yeah. away from the second sun satellite that's beaming down <laughs> after him which is just fucking stupid so you're telling me that someone can direct that you know pinpoint precision chasing bond from us anyway um And then, obviously, the whole point where he escapes and uses a fucking parachute to get away. So, what? I know you want to talk about this film, this bit of the film. I think. So, what are your thoughts on that whole that whole scene? So, just just you just you you saying those words.
1: Second son chasing Bond in a rocket car, (laughs) and then he crashes off like a ice ledge, and he's hanging there. Then he uses a parachute and the bonnet off the rocket car to then become a kind of surfboard parachute in the worst filmed set piece. I'm trying to think of of what it's reminiscent of. It's almost like I don't know, it's almost like a demo of a PS1 game kind of kind of piece of crap. You know, it's it's like I don't I don't want to compare it because it's such a brilliant um it's a brilliant video to a to a song but red hot chili peppers californication yeah yeah sort of animated thing but that's brilliant and this is just what the fuck um i I wrote unacceptably terrible (laughs) that's my (laughs) that's my summary of that whole scene just I, i don't know how you could film something so badly yeah like he's yeah, there's so, there's so many bits in this that are clearly green screen, but it's like you you've you've let the intern just do this entire piece and mm. not pay them for it, and it's just so bad. You wouldn't yes. see this in, in a crank film.
0: Nothing's that bad in a crank film. It, it just makes exactly. I it just makes me think like why follow why see this idea through. Whoever came up yeah. with it, thinking look this looks shit. Let's do something else think of all the scene yeah well yeah exactly but i mean all the practical stunts that have been done throughout the bond films like you think of you know live and let die the bus chase like and the police car that lands in the top half of that bus like all these stuff like practical stuff they didn't have effects to do it they pulled stuff off just do stuff like that even like the the golden gun twist stunt as well like that they genuinely did that stunt like just stop, just stay away from that. Just wait until either the effects are good enough, that it looks real, or just don't do them because it just looks so painful. And it's just like, it was the point where it's like, I can't believe this is where the Bond franchise got to at this point. It just yeah. got to, you know, Bond, like you just said, getting chased by a, a, a satellite burning, like tearing through Iceland, the snow, chasing him. Like you couldn't make, you know, less damaging way of finding and killing Bonds than destroying the planet at the same time. Um, and yeah, it's just yeah easily the, low, the lowest point, I think, for me. And then it ends with this really stupid, I, I, I don't know if you noticed it as well. It obviously parachutes offer like ice ramp onto the mainland. But how they filmed it is like he's, par- it looks like he's just parachuting over mainland and nowhere near the, the sea it looks like he he fly, he's just like gliding and there's no background or further or the sea he's just come from he's just like they've edited it so badly it looks like he's just yeah. gliding over mainland and they've just cut the fact that he was just come from this massive wave basically it's, yeah it's just it's annoying me talking about it to be honest yeah 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 definitely um, <laughs> such a such a shit point i think the only other point is the the car chase/battle slash battle um towards the end over the sort of iced over lake and stuff over in iceland uh thoughts on that was that any good for you or i know we touched on the end the climax of that scene anyway
1: yeah i i don't know whether it's because the the previous scene we've just discussed was yeah. so bad that that i i was just sort of at my wits end watching it but I felt like it could have been so much more interesting and cool than it actually was. There's like, Zao's got, you know, an equal car. He's got a, like a Jaguar version and he's got this massive fuck off machine gun on the roof. And he's got like 10 times as many rockets as Bond. And you're like, shit, it's going to be a a really cool chase, but everything just seems far too close up. So you never really see the two cars kind of together shooting at each other or anything. They just seem to one one car shoots at the other, and the other one's defences just just stop that ever being a threat. Yeah, and then they're just sort of sort of really boringly sliding around this damp ice hotel, <laughs> crashing into bits of wall, and yep. it's just you know the the potential there was so great, but it was just just boring, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I, I thought so. I mean, I think the ice hotel as just in principle was kind of just dumb. Considering you're yeah. supposed you've made this satellite that is going to be make sunny, make it sunny all the time. Why have you made it hard for yourself to just build a, a hotel purely made of ice? Surely that isn't, anyway, yeah, just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Sun and yeah. ice don't go to next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> the, the only scene or part of that scene i thought was quite cool is bond i can't remember how he gets tipped over his car gets tipped over and his way of flipping back over is to use the ejector seat to yeah. flip it back over and the missile as he does it the missile goes underneath thought that look actually looked quite cool and it yeah was... from what i remember it didn't look cgi'd enough for it to look shit he actually thought oh, that's quite cool i just think it's filmed really really poorly because it feel they film it like or they've edited it sorry like it's a trailer you know where they like i said at the start they they speed up they do these like panning shots where they speed it up really quickly and then stop and then st- they cut it so shit that it just it's aged really badly i feel like it was a thing of its time like that sort of editing it was like this is how you do an action film edit wise in the early 2000s but it just doesn't hold up and it actually looks really really dated um but yeah i mean yeah i think that's that the sound of me sighing it pretty much sums up the whole film, to be honest. Um yeah. there's, there's actually there's another there's another scene as part of that
1: that chase that that does kind of sum up this thing. There's two jet skis with kind of guards <laughs> waiting at the entrance of the of the ice hotel, and Bond crashes into them and they just both flip like spinning out the way in the, the most ridiculous kind of cartoon fashion it's like what is this shit that that bit really annoyed me because it's just fucking hell it's not even kind of stupid imaginary science fiction stuff that's just shit yeah but there's no way that nothing has happened that would physically make that happen it's just it's just stupid
0: yeah it's like yeah. I can tell you're getting heated now. It's, I love it. I love it. It's, it is. It's so shit. It's so bad. Um, I, I guess I'm going to say the climax, but at this point, I, I just wanted it to finish. It didn't feel like a climax. I guess the the closing of the film is the whole bit on the big plane where they're trying to escape, and Bond and Jinx manage to get on and sabotage that. Um, I think. Possibly the worst scene in this film is in this scene. It's and it's like laugh out loud terrible. I I think at least it's the scene where the Korean like general, so the dad of the guy who we think died at the start by Bond, and has now had a face transplant and looks like you know the white British guy Gustav Graves. He 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 finally he finally meets up with his son, and he explains that no, it's me, Dad. And his son's like, is it really you? <laughs> and they have this, he like touches his face. I'm like, you, what would you not be pissed off? Your son's not of spoke to you. And he's changed his whole face. He's pretended he's been dead for fucking years. And you want to have his touching moment right now. And he, I think his dad even says like, who are you? You, you monster. <laughs> what have you done? And that was the point where it's like, we're trying to have a touching moment with a villain who is an absolute prick. And like, <laughs> no one cares at this point why have you put this in it's not like there's a villain that we've somehow understood in some way and can relate to and it's, it's, it's forcing an emotional scene where there's no emotional context whatsoever and that's yeah. where I thought this is just the icing on the cake of this being the worst Bond villain I'm going to say it the worst Bond villain of the franchise by a fucking mile yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that aside then that whole climax on the uh on the plane what, any thoughts on that or you just fucking give up by this point <laughs> you mean you
1: mean the bond versus iron man scene <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Fuck. laughs> i forgot about that yeah he's all doled up like iron man for no yeah. reason
1: for no real no. reason yeah no he's just got this glove that's got electricity in it oh there's there's one there's one um comment that i've written which is before that before they jump on the plane um, so all throughout this film, they've got ridiculous gadgets. Every everything is just you know all sorts of all sorts of crazy shit. So they're they're rushing to get through a fence, and Bond's got a pair of manual clippers to cut each little bit of metal. That probably takes him fifteen minutes to cut a little hole in the fence to then climb through and get on the plane. And I just thought, oh, what you've got so much shit in this, and there's Bond just. Clip, clip,
0: clip! It just made me howl with laughter. How this is the yeah. guy who had lasers coming out of his watch in pretty exactly. films. He could just exactly. bring that up. Yeah, um,
1: but no, the yeah the Bond versus Iron Man scene is is shit. It's boring, um, and yeah, I just pff, no. And the whole oh parachute for both of us. Whoops, not anymore. Just fuck off. And then he says a line. You can't kill my dreams, but my dreams can kill you. What the fuck does that mean? I don't even know what your dream
0: is, you fucking prick. <laughs> His dream was just to have a second son. But again, how is that going to kill me exactly? Just shut up. Like No villain at this point. I've wanted to just shut up. Just shut up. Fucking arsehole. <laughs> he is so shit. Um, yeah. All in all, terrible climax and then I haven't made a note of it I'm just trying to remember how I I feel like this just kind of ends like they they escape on a helicopter don't they and they they fall out the back of the plane Halle Berry and uh, Pierce Brosnan fall out they and then they you know get away blah 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 what do you do and then they land at some like random house in the middle of nowhere and they you know kiss while they've got all these diamonds and then it just kind of ends and it just felt like I mean the film was bad up to this point anyway but there was no sort of cool sign-off it just ended and it just just solidified how shit the film was really it didn't have any closure really it just finished and yeah just really really added added already to the disappointment of this film anyway
1: yeah no I agree I agree. Yeah, this is just a it's a bit of a it's just a bit of a weird sort of weird nothing ending. But they're they're both being really sickeningly flirty again, and it's just it's just awkward to watch. There's, there's two there's two scenes before before that actually, which are definitely definitely worth mentioning for me. The the Jinx versus Frost fight
0: mm. on the plane.
1: So they the the two Bond girls are fighting. And I actually think that's a really good fight. Mm. Um, it's way better than the, the Bond-Graves fight. Um, and it's it's actually quite funny as well. Um, Frost, she says, I can read your every move because they're like fencing or something, they're fighting. And um, Jinx has got quite a lot of sass, hasn't she? She's quite mm. a sassy sassy girl. And so Rosamund Pike's character says, I can read your every move. And then straight away, Jinx says, read this. Bitch, I just st- <laughs> okay, okay. It's, it's shit. fucking shit, but, but I liked it. But I thought you know, because everything else was just so shit in the film. I was like, oh, that was actually quite funny. And then she stabs her through a book. It's like the Sun Tzu's Art of War. That's it. Stabs her through this book into a into a heart, basically. And she's on the floor. And then she just turns to to Bond. She's just giggling away, even though yeah, this doesn't really add up either. Anyway, she's she's just not bothered at all about the fact she's just killed someone. Yeah, yeah. But she just she just looks over to bond and says, I think I broke her heart. <laughs>
0: Fuck. So shit. Yeah. So shit. I mean, yeah, I think it reminds me of another one-liner that Halle Berry has. Is she's getting interrogated earlier on in the film and Zhao, whatever his name is, Zhao. I can't is it Zhao? Zhao, Zhao, yeah, Zhao I think so. Um, says to her, who do you work for? And he, she just says, "Your mama." I was like, "Oh fuck! Oh, here we go. Here we go. You fucking terrible script is awful. Who done this? Who groomed it? This, yeah. your mama, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think the fight is is fine um, at this point. Uh, it's much more. It's. I mean, like you said, it's much more interesting than the actual Bond Graves fight that we're kind of looking forward to, just because of. You know, this is what Bond film is. Bond has the big climax, but definitely yeah. the other fight was was better. I agree.
1: And the other the other scene is Money Penny using the the VR headset to to finally shag Bond. You're like, what the hell's going on? Oh, Bond, Bond, and Money Penny are finally getting it on. It's kind of like, wow, that's such a such a big moment. But no, she's she's using the VR headset, and
0: it's I just didn't like I just didn't like it. <laughs> it makes no sense.
1: I no, know this is this or, or, is
0: nerd alert time, but it makes no sense. It's not a dream. She's yeah. got a VR headset. So someone's created a program where Bond flirts with you. <laughs> not like the training mission that he's you know they've created a program where Bond puts on a VR headset and you do a training mission. Someone's created a VR mission where bond seduces you and it just makes no sense if it was a dream fine but like she walks in john cleese is like you're right and she's like yeah no i'm just getting uh flirted on by bond in vr but he he says um r says it's
1: rather hard isn't it and (laughs) terrible maybe maybe it is a is a program to kind of train up the the female Double O agents to resist Bond's charm. Maybe that's the point of it. Yeah. Or maybe R, R just likes a bit of Bond, and he's actually like, "It's hard because I'm, I made it, and <laughs> I'm." That's a that's a side of me no one knew about.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's he's very calm and just sharing that out with Money Penny yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: can on you'll like this one.
0: <laughs> oh God! And
1: um, then it, then it all finishes with the fucking worst theme of all time,
0: techno. Yeah. Fuck knows what. Shite,
1: and that's, yeah. and that's the end of Brosnan.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame because you know, considering how he came in with GoldenEye, you know, I know this is that was high up for you in your uh, rankings. So then, you know, bookend it with Die Another Day, which is you know terrible. Um, It's a shame he didn't get a, another film to kind of have a bit of a swan song and maybe do things more his way. I don't know what the full behind the scenes of what you know how much. Control he had on putting forth ideas for his version of Bond or whatever, because I think what I read is he wanted to go back more to the novels. Like I think every Bond actor says that, don't they? Really, they want to go yeah. back to the Bond, the novels, and start fresh, which are, really is what Casino Royale does. So it'd be nice. Although I think it was a clean cut that they just had someone else in as a revamp. So and obviously we'll talk about that in the next one. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, it's a shame because I mean this was the first Bond film I saw at the cinema. You know, and at that time, you know, I wasn't as analytical or saw things like we do now. I was like, I'm seeing a Bond film in the cinema, and I remember coming out going, "Yeah, that's kind of cool." And then it wasn't until you know, like, you know, years and years later, and it's like, you know, you know that that those rose tinted glasses have fucked off in the bin, and this is just <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, I think I was just caught up in the fact I was finally watching Bond in the cinema, but. Yeah, that's long gone now.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I
0: agree. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, they're all the points I've made on the film. Is there anything that else we haven't covered that you've got down? No, no, I think no. that's,
1: uh, <laughs> that's I enough. Think <laughs>
0: that, I think we've yeah, we've covered we've covered all enough. right. Nice, <laughs> okay, right. So let's move on to our our ratings then, um, a summary, and then where it lands out of the rest of them. So. Go on then give us your score out of ten. Right. Score out of ten.
1: I I didn't want it to be this score. I really didn't. And and actually I I hadn't hundred percent decided it was going to be this score. And I, I almost gave it more credit than than it was worth just because like like I said at the start, I it wasn't it wasn't the Bond film that I probably enjoyed watching the least. Mm-hmm. I actually had a bit of fun whilst watching it. But it's just such a disservice to Bond the whole franchise that I, I just find it a bit unacceptable. And it's just as a as such a Bond fanboy, it's just yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's four out of ten. Ooh. And and four is pretty much as low as I've ever rated <laughs> any film. Yeah. Um, which puts it very much at the bottom. Um, bottom of my rated films and interestingly I, I always thought this was going to be the case that Golden Eyes are 10 Tomorrow Never Dies is 8 World Is Not Enough is 6 and then Die Another Day is 4 and it's yeah. I kind of feared that was going to be the case um, I tried to give it a chance but yeah as a, as a Jason Statham movie on a hungover Sunday yeah alright, acceptable but it's not it's a Bond film and it's just got it should be better um and I, I actually feel like it's a bit of a i see that they, they almost tried to to make a homage to bond it being the 20th anniversary one and do bits but it just felt a bit more like a piss take of bond yes like a really like a i like, can't kind of like a an offensive version of austin powers where you know austin powers is taking the taking the piss but in a in a way that makes you realize actually that that. They love Bond, yeah, um, yeah, and this this is just sort of the opposite. I think the characters are either lackluster or just shit and annoying. The plot is awful. The big big space based weapon has been done loads, and it's never a good theme. Mm. Um, it's it's way too cheesy, sort of sci fi cheese wacky. I don't like Bond in this at all. He's properly sleazy, but not even in a kind of like Connery Slee's way, it's just, I don't know, don't like it. Um, car Chase was a massive letdown, and a lot of the cinematography just isn't good. It's obvious green screen, it's annoying that the way it's filmed is annoying, like you've described. Um, yeah, loads of obvious green screen and really poor, low budget CGI stuff, and the theme is utter shite. Um, so I'm really disappointed i wanted
0: to like it more um and i can't wait for casino royale <laughs> yes my oh, man um okay so my score is three out of ten whoa yeah fucking <laughs> awful mate um the reason i've gave three and not like a one is you know they'll always have one point for it being a bond film um because I am such a fanboy of it. There are some good bit, bits in it. I mean, like we said at the start, the, I think the intro is, is good. I think it's probably the best part of the film. I don't think it's terrible. Nothing has really happened to this point for it to be in, annoying. It's only the first sort of 10, 10 minutes or so. Um, I don't mind the theme too. I think the title sequence, like I said, is the best one out of certainly the Brosnan ones, maybe even the Bond ones in general, only because... It's propelling the story at the same time. That's the only thing, and I thought that was quite. That hadn't been done to this point. Um, it's still showing off all the CGI stuff. I think there's a lot of scorpions and stuff in the title sequence, which is quite cool. But you're also having bonds like in the background getting tortured, and you know, it's it's progressing time at the same time in the story as we're learning who who filmed the thing. Um, so I thought that was quite nice. Um, other positive things. Thought, thought, thought uh sword fight was good. Thought it was okay. Um, I think the queue scene is the kind of the best bit, really. Kind of just a nice nod and nostalgia to all the films, especially as we've just watched them. Like I said, to see all of that again, and uh, you know, uh, a fourth wall breaking nod to the to the uh, viewer of you know this is the twentieth one and that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Kind of wish that had been done a bit more, but maybe less self um, aware of it, but. Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch. Um, that's pretty much where the good points end. Um, <laughs> like I said, the worst Bond villain, he's just absolutely atrocious. Halle Berry is, uh, well, annoying, really. I think Rosamund Pike is the best actor in this whole film, and she's not really on screen that much, doesn't get to show her skills that much. Um, like you said, Bond is really unlikable, really sleazy, Um not behind him in the film at all the plot is easily the worst thing for me it's just makes no sense and utterly utterly ridiculous you mentioned about i think i just had this thing that space and bond just don't go they just any time that it involves either going to space or things involving stuff in space just it doesn't work with me i don't know why i just feel that they're two worlds that shouldn't collide really um the climax is terrible um generally the fight scenes are terrible i mean you know we got what another thing that's really annoyed me is we didn't have the aster martin for the last three films it was all bmw right we get an aster and it's fucking invisible so we finally <laughs> get it back and why, why? and also we do get the db5 right at the start which i forgot yeah. about again it's barely there and it's like we finally got Aston Martin, and you can't fucking see it. It's just so annoying. The gadgets are shit. Um, Second son, you can fuck right off. It's yeah, it's so 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 shit. And I again, I really did want to like it because by the intro, I thought, is it really as bad as I remember it? And it, I thought same, so. wor- yeah. yeah, it's it's just worse. I mean, oh, like the only thing I guess that the reason another reason I gave it three is. It is not boring, like we said. It is fun in the sense that you can laugh at the film, not with it. Um, I would actually recommend people go and watch it again because it is quite fun and see how bad it is. And we're not just... I genuinely I didn't want to come into this and just bash it for the sake of it because people say Dine of the Day is the worst. But no, it, it really is that bad. There's yeah. no there's no redeeming qualities about it whatsoever. So, yeah, three out of ten. And as you said, bottom of the list. And next to the other Bond film in space moonraker so there you go yeah i just don't die bond in space i guess um, what's your what's your what's the what's the rating of moonraker what did you give Moonraker? i gave a, a four okay So only one less one less than that um but i yeah a Diner of the Day is is, is is entertaining for the wrong reasons, but it's it is yeah. still ultimately bad. And there's a very, very obvious reason as to why the whole franchise was rebooted because of this. So in a way, you kinda of gotta commend Dino Day for happening for the Bond films that are subsequently to come up. So yeah, it's 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 terrible. Yeah.
1: I think I think back to the, the born identity um comment as well, though. It was mm. yeah. That I think has a lot to do with the direction that maybe subsequent Bond films went in as well. They looked yes. at they looked at that and the success of that and and yeah, thank yeah, thankfully that film happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally kicked Bond's ass and then rebooted the whole franchise because of it. So yeah, yeah if, you, if you watch those those two
1: films back to back, um, you know, Die Another Day and and born identity back to back considering they came out the same year which which one of those do you you know i've i've seen born identity so many times Mm. and i would i would happily go and watch it right now yeah i look forward to not seeing die another day for a very very long
0: time yeah i think do you know what i i think this will be it i don't think i'll let if i ever do a bomb marathon again in 10 20 years i think i'll skip this one i don't think i'll bother again can't get through it again no it is the Phantom Menace of Bondism. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> right so that's the end of that thank fuck um, we don't have to talk about that again so <laughs> the next film is another one I'm eagerly anticipating to talk to you about is Casino Royale so obviously Brosnan is gone daniel craig steps in um we can obviously talk about in the next one about him you know certainly in our generation was the the change of bond um and how we thought about that before he stepped in as james bond um so we'll cover that in the next one so without giving too much away ahead of this um what are your thoughts of casino royale before going to watch it again i remember liking
1: it um definitely I remember it being a, a very refreshing new new start to bond um, I I haven't seen it for quite a while actually um, and I'm looking forward to watching it again especially off of the back of um, so many so many bonds now um yeah I'm looking forward to watching it again I I have fond I have good memories of it so I'm looking forward to seeing whether they they
0: stand up with um yeah so much fresh bond in me nice so i mean i won't speak too much because i have already watched it i wanted to wash away the bitter taste of die another day Mm -hmm. as soon as possible so i'll I'll save my thoughts obviously for the episode so uh, i'll look forward to uh discussing that at length so yeah thanks again for uh bitching about die another day uh today (laughs) Um, and then we'll get you back on next time for Casino Royale. Yeah, cool, great. All right, speak to See you soon. Later.
1: Cheers.